won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, citizen civs. You've tuned to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 90 and is recorded on September 25th and made available for download September 29th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Lennon. And I'm Tony. Well, what have we got this week, Tony? In this week's Squawk Box, we stay high class and low gravity. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest updates to the Derek Smart Saga, Around the verse episode 62, in Nuggets for Nuggets, we're going behind the scenes in the Nick system, and finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Sits and Sieves, you can help us bring you more of the show you love by visiting our website, guardfrequency.com, and clicking on the Patreon button. For the low, low price of $1.25 per episode, you can become a backer and get access to the unedited recordings of the show a whole three days before our Tuesday release. Of course, we're happy to share our labour of love with you each week free of charge, but it is nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank everyone who's already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Do you guys know what's happening in just over a week's time? That's right, CitizenCon! In honour of such a prestigious event, and also because we have them every few weeks, we're going to have another Colin show. So if you've got something you want to talk to us about, whether it's your take on the week's news, your hopes and dreams for CitizenCon, or your name is First First Problems and you can't help but troll us, we'd love to hear from you. Keep an eye out on our Twitter and Facebook pages for details of how to join us on TeamSpeak this Friday, the 2nd of October, from 10 p.m. Central. That's 4 a.m. Saturday, GMT. Does Ben need to be put back in his cage? If he's not there already, he's probably into the food, and then he's going to multiply and get water on him, and he turns into, uh, it's just just a mess. And that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the Squawk Box. Hey, you boys, need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Crypto, 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 this is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. At the risk of being stuck in a continuous sequel loop... Uh, did I just accidentally make a bad computer joke there? At the risk of that, I've got another update to a previous Squawk Box. A few weeks ago in episode 83, it was reported here on Guard Frequency that I was running for president of Cambodia. That was a lie. However, the team in my absence covered a story about a scientific experiment being run at the International Space Station. Maestro? Friends, after a hard day of extravehicular activity, there's nothing better than velcroing yourself to the wall of the crew compartment and settling in with a good book, or good crewmates, and poking a straw into a pouch of the world's finest whiskey. But don't take it from me. Just ask my friend Bill. For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. Hang on, did anybody, did that seem wrong? To you, uh, I mean, I know Jeff Suntory isn't from Scotland, so it's not real whiskey, but I mean, aside from that. Okay, stop the music, stop the music. Alright, let me see this here. Uh, hard day of activity, nothing better, Velcro, the wall, crew, but crewmates. Oh, here it is. Poking a straw into a pouch. Whiskey from a pouch? <laughs> no. Just no. Fortunately, a brave distiller took a look at this impending microgravity abomination and decided to do something about it. The good people at Ballantines, which, Jeff, you'll be happy to note, uh-huh, they are Scottish, 
And their 17-year-old blend was the 2011 Jim Murray winner. Huh? And they've commissioned a special tumbler designed to operate in a zero-G environment. Ballantine's space glass is 3D printed from plastic and gold, has a gold mouth clip, and a helical libation guide spiraling up its center. There's a magnetic base that serves to anchor it to your rich mahogany side table that's somehow made of metal and floating in space. Um, well, mainly, it serves to secure it to the special dispenser nozzle that attaches to a standard Ballantine's bottle and draws the whiskey from the bottle into the spiral structure where the surface tension keeps the beverage mellow and well-behaved until sipped. They've gone so far as to design a sipping ritual that allows the heat from an astronaut's hand to vaporize a small amount of the whiskey, collect in the hollow of the glass around the spiral, and then be inhaled by the drinker prior to imbibing. And... They've even distilled a special space blend to be stronger and more flavorful to offset the dulling of taste and smell that occurs in microgravity. Oh, I, they I have in, gone all I'm out, in, have they not? I'm in so. space. Oh, I'm yes. in heaven. Oh. So, here we go. Maestro. So relax, Earth creatures. When humanity takes its civilization to the stars, Ballantines wants you to know that we'll still be civilized. While other whiskeys worry about molecules and rotational acceleration, one company knows that it's really about the experience of a smooth, sippable, blended malt. But don't take it from me. Let's ask my friend and Glasgow, Scotland resident, Mark, from Priority One. For an orbital time, make it Valentine's time. That was brought to you, uh, all folks, by our good friend Sonny McDonald, over uh, formerly of the Sonny's Diner podcast. Still, still a friend of the show, even though he's not doing a lot of the uh, podcasting stuff anymore. But he saw that and instantly thought of us. I don't know why that is. I don't know why he saw a space whiskey glass and thought, "Hey, guard frequency needs to know about this." I escapes me. It's because we're clearly a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. In, we'll have the link obviously in the show notes. But yeah, it's it's cool just to look at. It's just a cool looking <laughs> oh, glass. Man. Yeah, is yeah. it bad that I want one for Earth-based purposes? Oh, don't worry. They'll be more than happy to sell you one. Oh, they got a loop video of this thing tumbling in space. Oh, my God. The thing the thing just looks cool. I mean, there's no two ways <laughs> around that. But then they have, like, all sorts of... It's just a crazy marketing stunt is all it is. And if they do eventually sell it at retail, it's probably going to retail for a ridiculous amount of money. But... The design principles of, of, of what they're trying to do with it and, you know, how it would function in microgravity. They took this thing to, like, this tower in Germany, and, you know, it was like a, a hundred, couple hundred feet tall and just dropped it. And so it, they could analyze what it would look like in free fall in a vacuum and how the liquid inside the thing would behave. So, I mean, they've gone all out to test this thing and, and, and prove the concept of it. So it's just a cool story and a really interesting cup. And, you know, it's it's booze. So, so it hits all the bases. Yeah, I it's mean, space, what does this thing not do? It's liquor. What no, more no, it's not just want, liquor, Especially gentlemen. Jeff won. Here we go. Je- <laughs> gentlemen, it's not liquor. It is hang on, hang on, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Hang on, whiskey. hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Tony, Tony. Pub? Pub. Yeah. I'll bring the pretzels. Yeah. It's single malt whiskey, guys. Come on. It's like... It's like no, it's blended. No, not it blended. Yeah, it's uh, they got a picture of it up on the on the link. It is if you look at the label, you got to get in close, but it is blended Scotch whiskey right on the label. And I'm getting really close to my microphone, so you know I'm serious. Hmm. The space whiskey is a blended malt. Oh, I'm not happy now. I was gonna say it shouldn't be. I think yeah. Jeff, I've got to talk to you about a Kickstarter after the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. Hey, 
Crowdfunding update for September 25th, 2015 is $89,277,000, up about $150,000. Star Citizens' ranks have swollen by 4000 up to 985000 And the UEE fleet has grown by only 2000 to 765,000 ships. Hang on to your headgear, folks. We're going to go a bit out of order. Each week, we solicit your feedback about the show. Uh, <clears throat> your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. That sound familiar? Well, we heard from a few of you throughout the week on one particular topic. Yes, and William Skeldkamp writes in to say, Hi, fellow citizens and excellent show hosts. Why, thank you. I know you promised to talk as little as possible about DS, a.k.a. Derek Smart, but with a recent reply to his lawyer from CIG and the subsequent response from him again, even somebody as hopefully level-headed as me is starting to get worried. Could he really derail the entire project? Is there anything we as backers can do? A defense fund, or by creating a wiki where we separate out DS's opinions and indeed focus on the enormous pile of documentable, factual statements backed up by proof that has to be out there. Any thoughts? I'm sure I'm not alone in wondering about this. Jason writes in to say, This is a message for Tony Hunter regarding his open letter to Derek Smart. Thank you for posting the letter and sending it to Derek. It's the first truly eloquent, logical, and necessary appeal to Derek Smart's campaign against Star Citizen that I've seen, only to be met with utter disdain and brushed off by him. I expected no less. I truly believe that the only way we're going to get him to leave the Star Citizen community alone is a cease and desist order, or whatever legal action would be appropriate in a situation like this. Derek is a villain. You can't reason with him, you can't invite him in, you can't win by any traditional means. I want to be a part of whatever, if any, class action countersuit that can be mounted against him. His actions are threatening the health of Star Citizen, something I personally, along with thousands of others, hold dear. If a fraction of the total backers were to pitch in a small sum of cash, do you think this would be enough to formulate a legal plan against what he's trying to do? Again, thank you for your time and support of the Star Citizen community. Please let me know if there's something we can pursue, because there has to be a lot of people getting fed up with this. Silo writes in to say, Could we please start referring to he who does not deserve to be named and his crummy company as the North Korea of game development? I saw someone refer to him this way, and it seems to fit beautifully given his behavior and tactics. All right, Citizen Sibs, we're going to tackle this issue right here, right now, and then move on to the news. First, there isn't anything we can do at the moment. Mr. Smart is only notifying CIG that he thinks he has been wronged and that he intends to resort to the judiciary to obtain justice. That is his right. Once the lawsuit is filed and the battle lines get drawn, perhaps some arcane legal ledger domain will spring into some twisted legal mind, an amicus brief maybe, some kind of interpleader, that we as citizens can do. For now, sit tight, keep your wallets closed, and stay on the guard. Next, let's dispense with the notion that Mr. Smart is a troll or a villain. Trolls don't hire lawyers, and villains don't monologue on Twitter. He's a guy with a lot of time, apparently a lot of money, and a bee in his bonnet about the three people at the top of the CIG hierarchy. Period. Or full stop in the metric system. Yes, he has a history. Yes, he has a reputation that he not only upholds, but also exceeds at every opportunity. But seeing only what you expect to see is a dangerous thing. I have a few thoughts on a cognitive impairment called confirmation bias. Simply put, when one goes looking for something one expects to find, one has a decent chance of finding either A, the thing, or B, 
something that is close enough to the thing to fool yourself or others into believing you found it. Now, if a certain recidivist, less-than-interstellar game developer goes looking for evidence of misrepresentation, malfeasance, or just good old-fashioned incompetence, he's guaranteed to find it, either because A, it's real, or B, it's close enough to real to pass first muster, or maybe C, because the people he hired to find such evidence like steady paychecks and will gladly identify things that appear to be evidence and ignore things that look like exoneration. Now, for the record, fanboy podcaster apologist bootlickers are subject to similar cognitive disabilities, only without the paycheck. Thank you, Patreon people. We love you. Big kiss. Bottom line, it's common human frailty to see the things we expect to see and discount or discredit evidence of things we don't expect or don't want to see. By way of illustration, let's say this certain quasi-pariah developer published a portion of a letter he received from the company that the fanboy podcaster covers every week. This podcaster's confirmation bias might well lead him to conclude that the developer would be cherry-picking the best part of the letter for his side and parade it around. Naturally, the parts he held back would be embarrassing and harmful to that developer's position. We've got a clip. Let's listen to what confirmation bias sounds like in episode 87, right at the 53-minute mark. It won't be the real correspondence. He'll pick out... He'll oh, yeah. Pick out, oh, yeah. He'll pick out the little pieces that he wants. If it had really been just a completely ineffective piece of writing, we would have seen the entirety of said writing already. But Mr. Friermuth is a competent attorney... And I'm sure he scored a number of points in his letter, which is why we will never see the entire thing. So we're only going to see the parts that Derek thinks that he can, you know, twist into something that is good for him. On September 4th, Derek Smart published a tiny piece of a letter that he asserted was signed by Ortwin Firemuth, the other half of CIG's ownership, just before we recorded that show, which prompted Jeff's comment that you just heard and my response. This week, Mr. Smart published the whole thing as well as his own attorney's reply to that response. And let me tell you something, guys. I was wrong. I have a plethora of opinions and observations about those letters, most of which are not what here at We Guard Frequency, we would not call that good radio. Uh, based on my own inquiries, though, I have reason to believe that some circumstantial evidence exists for Mr. Smart's allegations. In other words, he's not making everything up. I also had a very pleasant and professional 20-minute-long chat with Mr. Keith L. Cooper Esquire of the Delapenian Holiday Firm, counsel to Mr. Smart. Mr. Cooper stands by his client's demands to know where are the goods Star Citizen's backers were promised, to know when we can expect them, to know where the money raised so far has gone, and to process a refund for anyone who asks. The gentleman knows his client, and he knows his case. Depending on how the California bar counts calendar days, he'll be cleared to file a suit against CIG any day now. Maybe by the time this podcast drops. Bottom line, sits and sibs, I am disappointed in the way CIG has handled this issue so far. But, as all of our loyal listeners know, we here at Guard Frequency are all about solutions, and we love the game we're building. So, as you might expect, we've committed our efforts to finding a workable path forward that should satisfy all concerned. Lennon, Jeff, I'm sorry, you're going to have to move over a little bit to make some room here in the studio. We've spared no effort or expense in locating the best advice available, and longtime listeners of the show will no doubt be thrilled to know that we've secured their assistance. Without further delay, I'd like to welcome our guests, the Strategic Thinking and Development Team. 
2944, a crack marketing team, some pirate consultants, and a bunch of old guys performed a complex reverse stock acquisition and merged their three limited liability entities. These men promptly escaped from the 15th floor of the Voyager Direct building to the UEE underground. Today, still mostly tolerated by the government, they survive as consultants of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can afford their ridiculously high commissions, maybe you can hire the STD team. Oh, pleased to be with you. I'm much obliged for the invitation. Pirate Pete, Pirate Jones, I'm a huge fan of your work, as we all are here at Card Frequency. So thanks for coming on such short notice, gentlemen. Uh, 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 where's Captain? Well, you were really excited about the job, but then he heard the name Derek Smart, and blimey, he started flailing around and jabbering about curses and foreign tongues. And I'm frothing at the mouth. Tell him about the frothing. Well, you were coming to that, Pete. Right, right, the frothing then. And we decided it were better to just leave him be for a while and just handle this job ourselves. I, I understand the mere mention of that name can sometimes have that effect on people. Yeah, you might have warned us. I, I do apologize. Ah, no harm done. Besides, the captain probably just hogged the microphone, making wild threats and unsubstantiated claims about his questionable capacity for violence. Well, there's certainly been more than enough of that lately. Right you are. And while the adversarial legal process is certainly capable of weeding out those claims, it rarely results in optimal outcomes for either party. Aye, and the litigation expenses are a terrible drag to the quarterly earnings. You said it, Pete. Now, me and Pete here have seen some bizarre corporate structures in our day, ain't we, Pete? I reckon so. Yeah, but we're having a hard time wrapping our heads around this, uh, this here crowdfunding. Crowdfunding! Oh, sorry, sorry. Crowdfunding business. Now, as I understand it, the company is entirely financed by contributions from folks who won't see nothing but the game, if there ever is one. And ne'er a penny of any profits, then. Assuming if it ever makes any. Oh, right, right. Their whole budget is from people who will only see you know, virtual benefits once the game is launched. And, yeah, maybe some trinkets or souvenirs, you know, depending on their contribution level. Aye, but by the same token, you'll never be on the pointy end of a creditor's pike now, will you? Uh, what? What he means to say is that if the worst comes to the worst, nobody's coming to you to pay the bills what don't get paid. Oh, right, right, right. If CIG goes bankrupt, I'm not out anything more than my pledge amount. None of the downside and none of the upside. It's just death, man. Are you thick? Pete, <laughs> begging your pardon, sir. <laughs> it's just that, uh, well, a might strange that what that Mr. Derek fella is trying to do is, uh, well, th- this is going to sound kind of odd. Well, that's a, go on, go on, think out of the box, off the wall, go crazy. That's why we brought you in. All right, okay. Now, suppose, just suppose for a minute, that there were a business structure that would say mandate periodic financial disclosures, supervision by folks that weren't all employees of the company, a quasi-democratic way of nominating that supervision, uh, insulate you from creditor liability and and, and... and the profits! Tell them about the profits! I were coming to that, Pete. And entitled everyone to a pro-rata share of any eventual profits. Uh, what does that sound like to you? Uh, well, I'd say that sounds like a plain vanilla old-fashioned corporation. Oh, <laughs> well, uh... Wrong! It's a corporation! Pipe down, Pete. That's what he just said. Oh, well, why did he need to hire us? I'm still sending you a bill. 
Calm down there, Pete. Uh, what what we mean is, that Mr. Derek fellow, he wants this crowdfunding... Funding! Funding company to act more like a corporation and less like the limited liability company it is now. So, why not just reorganize? Happens all the time. Well, sure, but I mean, it's not exactly easy when you're running a multi-million dollar company with a few hundred employees. I mean, the phrase switching horses midstream comes to mind. Plus, there's going to be substantial legal costs associated with that kind of transaction. Oh, oh sure. We, we understand, don't we? Uh, we, we understand. We, we've seen your kind. My kind? Lawyers. <laughs> right. You'd rather two sets of lawyers got paid instead of just one. Loyalty to your people right there, that is. Honor among thieves and whatnot, like the pirate code. Say no more. Now wait a second. No, no, here. no, no, no. You're you're right. They should slog out in court like bloodthirsty men of fortune. Think of all the treasure going unclaimed by you lot if you just create a corporation. Give away one voting's share to every registered CIG username for free. Have shareholders elect the board, including a threshold number of non-executive or independent directors. And have that board review a confidential audited financial statement of the current LLC. Buy the LLC for a dollar. And have the board hire a new corporation management team based on its evaluation of the audited financials. Right, I mean, where's the drama there? Where's the spectacle? The joie de vivre. The joie de segua. Yeah, all right, shut it! <laughs> wow, that was eerily similar to... Uh... Just just hold on, just, just hold on. There are some serious securities law questions here. I mean, can you give away stock in a new company for free? What What about accounts registered anonymously or to minors, huh? Well, how about if someone wants to sell or give away the stock they got for free? Oh, you're the lawyer. You figure it out. Yeah, our engagement agreement typically don't cover that kind of analysis. Okay, 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 okay. But the concept is somebody gets a look at the books. Somebody passes judgment on what kind of job the company has done with the crowdfunding money. And somebody communicates that judgment by either retaining or removing current management. But that somebody isn't necessarily a judge, a federal agent, or a controversial game developer. Right, right. And there's still no publisher to interfere with development. If management has done a good job so far, the new board will keep them on. Steady as she goes. Yeah, and having outside directors responsible to the shareholders would make everyone feel better about um, accountability and transparency. Right. So, do we bill you directly? Uh, send the invoice to Elliot Tan. That's T-A-N. I'll, I'll get you his address after the show. Hey, thanks for coming in, gents. The Strategic Thinking and Development team, everybody. Uh, thanks, guys. Lennon and Jeff, come on back into the mics now. Good to hear from those guys again. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since we heard from those guys. I, I, they picked a good time to come back, though. You really think the captain, though, was really that... I mean, I, I can understand if he was. I mean, I, I just hearing the name of Derek yeah. Smart would, it makes me froth at the mouth too. But yeah, I mean, you can you can understand that feeling. But remember that when the captain shows up, usually it's all a lot of arm waving and screaming anyway. You know, strapping people to cannons and. But let's you know this this first because really his whole thing is about the three people at the top. He's got a problem, I think, with the company's management. You know, I don't think I'm out of line to say it's nearing vendetta level yeah. <laughs> of problem with the top. I'm not conversed in corporate management and I'm used to managing a department not a not a whole corporation so far I don't see an issue with the current system we may not like some of the things that have happened you know the the rush to make ships the you know the LTI controversy changing stretch goals sure. you know deliveries 
But all in all, I'm getting what I'm buying into. I mean, I'm looking to even spend right. more money with possible the Endeavor, still looking for my Phoenix upgrade and so on and so forth. So I'm not running for the shells yet. And I and I don't think that I've seen a mismanagement of the company because they are making deliveries. Yeah, just on the vendetta note, I think that you're right. It is the top three or, you know, Chris, Sandy and Orwin that he's going after. Well, he kind of even says so much himself in one of his notes. He says that he would be happy if Erin were running the company. So yeah. Yeah. it's certainly nothing against, you know, the Roberts family, as it were. Um, or, and let's be clear, he, according to what he says anyway, publicly, he doesn't want the project to die. No, 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 no. That's what he says publicly. His actions may cause it unintentionally, but you know, I'm sorry, please go on. No, no, no that's, it's a completely fair point. Is that It's really hard to try and find exactly what his position on this is, I feel, because like you said, we know for a fact that there is almost like a personal vendetta going on against Sandy alone with the amount seems of that stuff yes, that think, is continually know. brought up just about her. Whatever his reasons are for doing it, that is pretty clear. Chris and Ortwin probably more as founders of the company than anything directly personal. But as for where he stands on the whole thing, it does seem a bit two-faced to, on one hand, publicly attack the three founding members of the corporation who effectively are the corporation, and yes. then to also say, but I don't want it to... Well, stop attacking then, surely. That's, <laughs> that's the simple solution here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's where I think our consultants that we brought in at extremely, extremely pretty penny... That's where I think the idea of giving the backers ownership of the company is a solution that would, number one, perhaps placate a certain potential plaintiff, if I may use lots of P words there like the captain would. We could get a certain amount of breathing space maybe from him because that there would be a level of supervision. Like Jeff was saying earlier, you know, we as crowdfunding backers have no say in the management or the direction of the company aside from making a little podcast or posting on the forums or, you know, doing what customers would do, right? We can vote as customers on CIG's direction or strategy or decision making. What is missing from the situation is an outside group of shareholders or corporate directors that can provide input, official input, input that must be dealt with to the company's management. And you typically, that's, it's a three-way pull, right? There's management, there's shareholders, and there's customers. And the management typically includes all employees, the people actually running the project. So the people working for the company, the people overseeing the company, and the people who are customers of the company. They all have different interests. Customers want things cheaper, but management and the board would like to make it more expensive. There's a pull. There's a tension there. The employees would like higher salaries, but the board of directors wants more profits, and the customers don't want to pay as much. So, you know, there's a pull that direction. Having the three parties counterbalancing each other is very helpful. It's kind of why the idea of a corporation has been around for 500 years or so. But but wouldn't that change the whole nature of the of this game, though? I mean, in my mind, it's a crowdfunding game. I mean, if, if you bring in shareholders, then you're changing that whole... Now it becomes EA. Uh, no, no. You are a shareholder, Jeff. We're bringing in you. Uh, I don't know, because I can just see that if I was... Let's say I got a dollar uh, share for every a share for every no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me make some, one thing real clear right now. The way this works is that you just get a share. Okay. Well, even so, I mean, you get if, one for free. They just if give I it. was the loudest, if I was the loudest dissenting voice in a, in a in a situation that I mean, even if it was wrong, 
I could sway decisions that I really don't want to, you know, make. Right, and that's why what happens in corporations is you you don't make a decision, Jeff. You, the shareholder, what you do is you elect a board member who you typically sort of agree with, and that board member represents your thinking on uh, board. Okay, I, I, I'll, concede, I'll concede a little bit to that. I, I think we're going too far with this. Let the judicial system work this out, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no, this Derek has a leg. it's a legitimate view. You know, uh, maybe Derek has a, a leg to stand on, and everything he's saying is not— 10%, but 90%. And, you know, the courts will decide. Oh, I really doubt that. I, I know. But, I, you know, maybe the courts will decide that it needs to be a change. But I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole so far. Well, there's two points that we need to bear in mind. Number one, if litigation just does proceed apace, the natural course of events is that everybody that may have relevant evidence, testimony, documents that supports or denies what Mr. Smart is alleging, is going to get subpoenaed and deposed and is going to have to appear and, and give testimony under oath or produce documents that are relevant to the claim. So that is time-consuming and expensive and will almost definitely be embarrassing to somebody. You know, I mean, think of all the stuff you have just lying around in your file of cabinets at home. Bring me everything that you ever did with your cousin Bob. And, you know, he wrote you a terrible letter and gave you an embarrassing birthday card 14 years ago. And you guys have patched things over, but here it is, and it's going to be part of the public record. I mean, it's that it, – nobody wants that. The idea that I'm trying to put out there is that there is a very simple thing that can be done outside of a courtroom that will, I think, give this plaintiff, this potential plaintiff, what he wants – has a very strong probability of keeping the management team in place that already exists, but will also give the community a voice in guiding the future operations of the company. And I'm not talking micromanaging here. That's stupid. Good boards don't micromanage. Good boards set tones. Good boards set direction. Good boards provide oversight and communication to their shareholders that hey, this is what we're seeing so far. You know, the, the nitty-gritty details need to be kept confidential for the safety and, and uh, integrity of the company. But you've elected us, which means you've trusted us. We're telling you things look okay. Here's a basic consolidated financial statement that says we got more money coming in than's going out. Here's generally how we're spending it. And if you have any questions, let us know. I think that solves everybody's problem. And let me be very clear about this. The details of how that would work out are myriad and complicated. Believe me, it would be very expensive to actually make this happen. But I think it would be less expensive than paying for two parties' attorney's fees. Now you may have I, I can virtually guarantee that. Uh, you may have a point there. Anyway, it's a pipe dream for me. It's a wild speculation suggestion on my part. We got a lot of feedback this week, unsolicited, about, holy crap, what are we supposed to do? Well, there's nothing we can do right now. Nothing. But this is something I think that should be explored as a possible method of heading this off before people get embarrassed, before lawyers get rich off of my crowdfunding contribution. I think this should happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of erring with Jeff on this one in that I don't really want to go down the rabbit hole of corporatization. But at the same time, I can totally see where you're coming from. And as you were saying, everybody wrote in basically crying, what can we do? And, and the sad truth is nothing. And I think it's even more frustrating because on a project like this, we've chipped in not only dollars, but there's been a lot of time and emotional attachment formed to a game in development. Yeah. 
And with yeah. it being so open, we felt as if we're part of the process. So naturally, when somebody attacks a process that we're all emotionally invested in, it's not necessarily going to feel personal, but it's going to feel like we've got either more personal. to lose by or, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> but but what I'm trying to say is not like he's attacking you as an individual. He's just attacking your... I, I, I would I would, I would would actually disagree with that, Lynn. And I think there are a lot of people out there that feel like Derek Smart is attacking them personally. Yeah, uh, really sorry, I'm, I'm not saying that they don't feel... Oh, like okay. it's there. I'm, what I'm saying is that he's not actually directly attacking an individual. He hasn't addressed other than, a letter to you, and they haven't got a subpoena. Yeah, yeah. basically, uh, Chris, Sandy, and Ortwin seem to be the only ones he is directly attacking. Ben Lesnick did get a bit of flag in one of his recent essays, um, <laughs> just saying you know that he can't be trusted, yeah. as it were. But yeah, and it's just so naturally we're going to feel like we need to defend this product because we feel like it's our product, and I feel that something needs to be done i realize nothing can be done i like the fact that people are coming up with suggestions on how to handle this i just don't know if this specifically is the right one no I, you know again you know what? even my little proposal has tons of kinks that have to be worked out yeah. and is pie in the sky yeah. really at this point you know and this is all corporate technical legal crap the only people that like talking about this are lawyers who hope to make a lot of money off making the transaction happen those are the only people that like to talk about this but what everyone needs to understand is that there is a corporate structure in place right now. It's, it's already gone corporate, if you want to put it that way. Ortwin is an extremely experienced Hollywood financial entertainment lawyer. He's got companies nested inside of companies, nested inside of companies, subsidiaries yeah. that do all sorts of different things. I mean, that's how it's done. That's totally normal. That's how you would do this if you were in his shoes. So I just want to make it clear to everybody that... I'm not asking for anything that's really strange, not something that's out of the zone of what people do in this business every single day. It's just a corporate reorganization. That's what our <laughs> that's what our consultants have <clears throat> have, have, have suggested. I mean, uh, <laughs> but that's not so outlandish as to people are going like, you know, what sort of madness is this? It's just like, ugh, that sounds complicated, because it is. It would be, and unprecedented, and no one's ever done it before, and it would be groundbreaking and sort of, you know, the first time anybody's ever done anything like it. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Yeah, a little bit when you put it like that. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. It's almost so. it's almost like you're used to arguing your point on a daily basis. It's almost like that. Yeah. It's almost like that. But and 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 both of you two gentlemen make very excellent points, and I don't mean if you feel railroaded, I really do apologize, but I'm not just speaking to you and I'm not just speaking to the audience. I'm also speaking to anybody out there who might be listening or who might take notes on this. Again, pie in the sky. I'm throwing it out there. Everybody argue and debate it. Tell me how I'm wrong. I'm sure I am. I know it's complicated. I know it's weird, but it's not so crazy weird that it couldn't possibly happen. So, should we talk about the game? Let's talk about the game. All right. Around the Verse episode 62 is out. For those of you who may not know, Around the Verse is CIG's in-house weekly show that brings us the latest news from inside the studios, as well as introducing us to folks making the game. This week, a couple of things caught our attention. Firstly, in shipshape, Lisa O'Hanion covers the Caterpillar and we get to see some work-in-progress shots of the ship that will show us it'll certainly have room for five modules. And we hear that the command module can detach from the hull of the ship effectively giving you two ships for the price of one. The command module will have different roles when it's detached and when it's not. When attached, it can interact and communicate with all parts of the ship, and naturally, when it's not connected, it won't be able to. We also got a sneak peek at some of the modules available for the Caterpillar. 
and those include a medical module, a personnel module, a workshop module, and a cargo module. And secondly, we hear that the Endeavour is going to be the next concept ship sail, starting Tuesday, just in time for this show's release. There will be three variants, and I use that term sort of loosely, the base with standard labs attached, the base with the hospital layout, and the base with no pods whatsoever. In a follow-up post on the CIG forums, we know that they're going to be retailing for $425, $450, and $350 respectively, and Ben lets us know that there will be a lot more pods available soon. Quote, expect everything from biodomes to linear accelerators. So it seems like with the Caterpillar news and the Endeavor news that modules are definitely the thing now. They are in this season. They are quite fashionable. Oh, yes. You mean quite the moneymaker. Yes, yes, I mean, we it. couldn't just always buy ships, right? We, we now have to buy all the modules that come with a ship. And, and even ships that we had before are now going to be modularized. And now we'll have to buy those modules, too. Well, now, and let's be real here now. Let's be real here now. The crowdfunding numbers for this last week were not good. I do this sort of every week. I don't keep track of it or anything. There's no graph or chart or anything, but it's not spectacular lately. So they do need to keep a revenue stream going if they want to keep it up. And what that means is they have to find new ways to entice people. And I remember back when I was a kid, when you had the Transformers, there were some Transformers that if you bought five of them, you could hook them together into a super giant robot. And those were awesome. And everybody wanted those. So these types of ships that can have parts that swap out and mix and match, that speaks to a lot of nerds that like me as something that's really cool. I also feel that doing this as well, you get, you're get you probably going to rope in those people who might be a little bit on the fence. So if there was, I don't know, you look at the Endeavour and you think, man, that would make a fantastic ship if only it had a biodome on it. And then they're like, well, wait, <laughs> there's more. And you're like, <gasps> biodome. And oh, then, biodome. yeah, from there. You know, you're just going to rope in anybody who might be an outlier. And I think a lot of it is probably, whilst there's a, a couple of tech changes, it is largely terminology changes, isn't it? Because you have the different variants of things like the Constellation. And I know that it did kind of change the hull shape a bit, which is one of the reasons for having a variant. But effectively, if you could just get your hot tub module for the Constellation, would you be happy with that, Jeff? No, I, I want the full bling. The man, I want the... <laughs> What's the pinstriping and the clear coat? Yeah, and the mahogany and the uh, brushed aluminum. And the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And the rich mahogany and the leather, <laughs> yes. And and the space glass, yeah. the Valentine's space glass. It wasn't... Glass. Actually, I, if I could... If the hot tub is a module, that's great because I can drop the hot tub. Uh, the hot tub was really not the point of it. Oh. The updated fighter and the ground vehicle were oh okay. the ursa yeah so if they released a module for the constellation that was called like i don't know the explorer module and what it did is it swapped out your current fighter bay for the one that's fighter bay plus ground vehicle would that be an acceptable module if it was priced effectively yes for me to upgrade my connie right now to the phoenix it was 75 dollars so if I could get a module, say, for $50, I wouldn't be too unhappy with that. I think that having this option is not only good from a fundraising standpoint at this at this point in the game's development cycle, but also it kind of future-proofs it a little bit. If they do have a new type of gameplay in development that is a new mini-game or a, maybe a new alien race is discovered and you have to capture them and put them in a special jail cell or something, it's a way to future-proof the ships that you, you have against future game developments. So you can swap out your bomb bay for the special alien jail cell or whatever. I think it's good that they're doing it. I think that it uh, does provide some flexibility for people that want to pay for just the ship hull and, and keep their gameplay options open later. And now it's time for news we didn't use. 
10 for the chairman episode 67 once the mini pu launches we won't be able to make vd jokes bug smashers episode 11 mark abent brings the swatter to the bugs Meet the CIG devs featuring Paul Rindo, lead engine programmer at CIG who has proper beverage priorities. Itch to scratch. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Uh, one of the things I found interesting in the uh, 10 for the Chairman episode, right at the very end, Mr. Roberts sort of talks about the whole decision to uh, branch the codes thing. They've been doing that merge. Discriminating listeners might have heard that we did not do a Star Marine update this week because as of showtime, there hasn't been one. We don't have an update to give you, so now they're trying to get it back on track so that everybody working in the game, whether it's Squadron 42 or first-person shooter or social module, they're working on the same code branch. So everything that gets updated will go to the live server as it's finished. And this week's community question. In 100 words or less, and we count, you know this, your thoughts on this week's dosage of the CIG DS drama. Let us know your thoughts in 100 words or less. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. Now that we're all covered with the latest news from around the verse, let's tune to Travel with Steve in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. Computer, begin recording. Come with me as I travel across space and visit interesting locations, taste amazing new foods, meet interesting folk, and see the local color across the galaxy. On today's episode, I'm taking a trip to the infamous anti-government hotbed of danger and lawlessness, Levski and Nix. Time to engage the quantum drive. Um, okay, okay, rookie, uh, I finished the intro, you, you can come up now. Oh, Mr. Richards, uh, thank you again for taking me on this trip with you. I really hope I'm not an inconvenience. Oh, no, it's no, no problem, um, you. Um, your predecessor said something about preferring to drink reactor coolant, so you're already more convenient, certainly less vulgar. Oh, thank you, Mr. Richards. So, um, so the station, like, records everything and then all the footage gets edited into the documentary back in the studio? That, that's right, uh, son. It's, it's a family show, so try to watch your P's and Q's. Oh, this is exciting. Uh, Mr. Richards, are we going to fly through the asteroids to get to one of the planets? No, 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 no. Our guide and destination are both inside the belt. Neither of the planets is fit for any sort of life worth having. Time to engage the quantum drive. I've never been outside of Centauri, Mr. Richards, and just, this is amazing. I mean, look at all those rock spires and, and the landing lights and the glow of the star. Uh, ju- just to be clear, uh, uh, Junior, uh, you're here because the station thinks I get into some reckless situations. Why don't you leave the color commentary to the guy with his name in the show title, okay? okay. Oh, 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 there's our guide waiting, waiting by the landing pad. Here we go. Salutations, uh, Mr. Smith, I presume. That's me. You've got your nav coordinates memorized, or you need a second to record them. 
Oh, is the docking fee tied to the location? No, but if you don't remember where your ship's parked, good luck finding it again. The owner, Mackin, his memory isn't exactly like a Herald's computer core, if you know what I mean. Rarely. Oh, uh, well, Tiger here, he can take care of it. I can? Oh, uh, yes, I can, of course, uh, right away. Nice shiny armor your man's got there. Seen a bit of action, has he? Probably on Spectrum shows, yeah, sure. Mr. Smith, my good man, uh, do you think you could point me to Detroit Discount? Who? Uh, Detroit Discount. Uh, I want to pick up some, you know, aftermarket lasers. I'm afraid that... You, 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 you know, you know. Max Stacks and the Stacks Brothers here. That guy. Oh, those schlubs. Well, like they say, if you can find them... Oh, now what's this here? That would be the Grand Barter. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, very nice. Uh, thank you so much for input there, uh, Chief. Uh, now, Mr. Smith, I've heard tales of a magical place, Café Moussain. I hear it serves up all the local flavor and is a veritable hotbed of unique Nixian culture. Well, I... So, sorry, sorry, Mr. Richards, sorry. Uh, do you mind if I go pick up a few souvenirs? Uh, uh, absolutely, uh, they're... Uh, slugger um now mr smith about that cafe oh that's easy right this way claire will give me a discount whenever i bring a new customer around impressive lady just don't fall for the if you out drink me your drinks are free ploy i only saw one person beat that game and i don't think she was all human wait did your shadow just give his actual credit chip to that stall owner huh we'll see how that works out for him anyway here we are well, I have to say, it's brighter in here and less crowded than I expected. It's mid-cycle. Everybody's still out re- uh, working really hard. Here we go. Have a swig of this. Oh, this certainly smells interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Whoa. Oh, that's not the usual feeling I get from alcohol. Oh. Great, isn't it? Distilled from reactor coolant. Does a number on those nerve endings. Hey, hey. Stop that kid. He's got my laser pistol. This stuff is really strong. You know, I feel strange, but also good. Hey, come back here. That's mine. Is that your man again? Oh, that's the residential area. He can't go in. Oh, my. Did those men with the rifles just murder, um, uh, sport? Can't say that they did. Are you, are you sure? Maybe the uh, maybe the stuff talking, but it he looks a little crispy. Oh no, he's a corpse, all right. Definitely a complete suicide. Su- suicide? Sure. Visitors aren't allowed in the residential area. He walked in under his own power and his own free will. That's suicide right there. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you know? Unfortunately, the station has decreed the broadcast must end without the presence of a licensed bodyguard. So I think we're done here. Time to quantum the engaging drive. In the interest of galactic traffic safety, you should stay here for now. I don't think you're fit to fly. Oh, I can't fly. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure your ships will be here when you sober up, mostly. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly. Some say as a baby his first words were nothing but puns, and he mows the lawn with only the power of friendship. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he helped put together this week's feedback. 
What sort of additional apps would you like to see created? Are you hankering for some economic data, a FanDuel translation guide, or a good old DPS parser? Maybe you've got a fresh idea to bring to the table. Here's your responses. First up, Tyrus Krager says, As a trucker, I'm plagued with finding good long shows to help me pass my time. The Guard is entertaining to listen to over and over, bloopers, convoluted lawyer speak, and everything. As for an app in-game, I'd like to monitor the condition of the load I'm hauling in my hull C. Am I overstressing the clamps by hitting my quantum drive too fast? Oh crap, two bickering pony slash space wasps flew into my flight path and during a braking manoeuvre from jumping to exit has my load shifted on my cancer, you know, that kind of thing. Keep up the good work, especially you, Tony. Ostron says, for in-game apps, real-time commodity price info like on the Elite Dangerous app Lennon mentioned might give you something, but the combat is so fast-paced and already filled with info on HUDs, I can't think of an add-on that would be helpful without also being a straight-up cheat. Most FPS games with multiplayer just ban such apps and mods outright. Given CIG's previous statements about modding only being possible on private servers, I suspect something similar will be enforced when Star Citizen goes live. Sean Newboy writes in and says, Love the show, great job. As for apps, I would also like the commodities and futures Amazon eBay markets, while outside the game as well as inside. It would be really nice to buy some stuff offline and pick it up once I'm back in game, as well as some news reports. Jonathan Towery says, I would like an app that would allow me to spend my in-game money and then send it to my hangar, kind of like an interstellar Amazon. This could even generate courier missions for other players. Great show, guys. Nick says, I would like a map slash nav computer in an app so I can plan where I will explore next without blocking the view from my cockpit. I saw the pricing on the new Hope Hospital ship. I think we should try to crowdfund one for guard frequency response. It would be great as a mobile base of operations for the organization. Amontillado writes in and says, hi guys. An app I would love to see is one that allows us to manage the contents of our hangar. We should be able to take stock of our inventory, configure ships with equipment, modules, and battlefield upgrade kits. We should be able to assign NPC crew to our ships and load cargo into them. If NPC management is going to be a real thing, then we should be able to do that as well, assigning time off, payroll, etc. Personally, I love to have an option NPC character whose job is it to manage the hangar and would take orders directly from this app allowing for other players to be in the hangar and see this NPC make changes the player is ordering. I'd also like a ship tracker app, something that will show me where it thinks my ships are in the verse and who's at the helm of each one. And of course, we need a full text chat capabilities integrated into them. Marcus Schranz says, first, let's get general feedback out of the way. Great show as always. But I wanted to give a special shout out to Jeff, who managed two weeks in a row without a single mispronunciation of anyone's name. Bravo. But as it happens, Marcus spelled Jeff wrong, so hmm, I guess that makes us even. Why not have a separate app for a radar display? I find the radar really helpful for dogfighting, and in most cockpits it's in the ideal position. The big problem I'm seeing is for exploration in the persistent universe. The radar is going to be so cluttered and possibly difficult to read. But if we had an app for a 10-inch Galaxy Tab, that would give me a secondary display with more detailed scanning information and the ability to get more detail out of the sensor system, I would love to see this, and I think it would be awesome to use as a secondary display. By the way, we got patches. Stay on the guard, boys, and keep doing what you do. Abaddon314159 says, An app, or better yet, an API, I love to see is something that can allow me to pull information about people paying me or me paying someone else, or better yet, my org. How much, to, from, whom, and when. It seems small, but for anyone trying to manage the books of a medium to large size org, having this data outside of the game would be hugely helpful. I like these. 
Yeah. Initially, I was going to say I'm quite surprised at the amount of people who want effectively like a corporate register or that sort of thing. You know, I want to be able yeah. to track my finances. I want to be able to track my NPC. But having, you know, done, well, you guys have done like 90 of these shows. I've done like 52 or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Some smaller number, yes. <laughs> Possibly. Having spent a, a fair chunk of my life, unfortunately, with you guys, I'm really not surprised, actually, <laughs> about the corporate side of it at all. There's a reason the Pirates were our greatest uh, yes. prelude yeah. segment yes. ever. They're, they're yeah. Our most beloved characters, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that you know, this kind of goes back to you know, back when Rob Irving was lead designer. It's like, if you're going to be in the game, you need to be, you know, you, you can't earn things if you're not in the game, right? I don't think that applies to managing things. I think that that would be a really important thing to be able to do offline. Because, you know, if you're going to crew up a ship and fuel it and put your loadout on there and all that kind of stuff, and then when you jump into the actual in-game universe, you want to be able to just take off. Let me let me fix up my ship at the dinner table or, you know, on, on the bus ride home or whatever. And then once I get home, I just need to fire up my computer and then, you know, take off. That's I like that concept. Well, I do too, especially if it's going to be as complex as they say it's going to be. I mean, if we're if we're going to have these things like NPC management, job management, you know, cargo, heck, I mean, if our game time, if the casual player's game time, what they say is average two hours a night, oh man, that's going to be. I mean, nobody's really going to get anywhere or do anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do your paperwork outside of your game time, and then it won't feel like you're. Um, either one, dreading logging in because of all the admin you've got to do. Two, it actually, you know, if you're counting time spent in a Star Citizen fashion, you're actually playing for a lot longer than just those two hours. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's and, a winner. And again, like any MMO, the, the secret to long-term survival is cheeks in seats. And because of the admittedly high-end requirements that the game is going to need you to have a lot of laptops aren't going to play this and it's only going to be your desktop gaming machine at home that's probably going to run the full game. So having a mobile or tablet or less processorless graphically intensive side app will only help the long-term engagement uh, for, for players of, of all stripes. And one thing about the complexity I think I thought was interesting, the um, suggestion by Amontillado, you could opt out of that. If you had this NPC guy, like he's uh, like he is um, suggesting, I don't want to manage my hangar. I don't want to manage cargo loadouts. I don't want to manage weapons loadouts. I don't want to hire NPCs. Have a guy give him a budget, and then he'll be another AI character in the universe that is your hangar manager. And he'll hire a couple NPCs. He'll go find cargo for you that needs to go where you want to go. Say like I want to do hauls to this other system. That would be really cool. Because then you would have something that would let you avoid the micromanagement if you didn't like to do that. Okay, it's now time for our general feedback. Underdog SMO, many jump points are already a thing, just not in the way you would like them. Only smaller ships can use them. <laughs> also, Quantum will drop you out if there is something like a planet or a ship in your path in order for you to get into fights and not overlook some content and such. Keldar says, terrific show as usual, guys. Regarding fast in-system travel, the idea of jumping about when in a system reminds me a bit too much of World of Warcraft when they added their looking for group system. It allows players to bypass having to actually group up and travel to the various instances. Shrinking the amount of travel time required from place to place within a system would reduce the amount of time available for game-generated events to happen. Reducing the amount of time would, I think, actually create monotony. 
James Saga says, LOL, enough with the mini jump points. Smiley face. Tykoski, awesome show. Frangenar versimilitude, partly carbonate. <laughs> FVP. Anyway, no matter what happens with Star Citizen, it brought some people that would probably wouldn't have crossed paths otherwise together for something stellar. People like the Guardians of the Frequency, the INN Keepers, those guys with Ships and John and Imagine Studios, I wouldn't have even known of the legendary geeks of Sunny's Diner or Odin Omen. It also re-energized the whole space sim genre and gave hope to us sci-fi geeks. They can never take that away from us. I'll always be thankful for CRG and Star Citizen, as long as our next podcast deals with magical space wizards in some capacity, and Jeff keeps on being immortal. I'm 142% on board, hugs and kisses. Well, that just sounds like you're saying it's over, man. Jeez, killing my buzz at the end of the show. No, 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 it's not over. No, it's not, it, it most definitely not no. over. Number one, I don't think it's over. But number two, if it is over, we're going down with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we are. 80, 800 miles an hour, hair on fire. We'll punch out at the very, very end. But, you know, we're, we're riding this puppy down. And we got a bit of feedback in from a listener saying that Mog Nation is doing a charity raffle for Extra Life. They were hoping we could mention it on an episode coming up soon. This thing is CIG approved. We'll give you the link to the general chat thread that gives you all the details. That'll be found in the show notes. It's a well-known charity. I'm sure you guys have all heard of it. And if you haven't, check them out. They've been doing it for, for years and years. And uh, it's usually a good time and usually involves the consumption of a great deal of Mountain Dew. And a lot of webcam usage is what I'm led to believe. Our new Patreons this week is Titus Krager, Tarka, and Robert Clausen. Our winner of a brand new patch is Deaderbug. And this week's community question, in 100 words or less, and we are going to count them. Give us your take on the latest CIG DS uh, developments. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at robertspaceindustries.com. So how is the show? Juicy and succulent like the perfect steak, or could we use a few more minutes on the grill? Either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can also subscribe to us at feeds.guardfrequency.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak. And leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 90 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 91 on October 6th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com or the official Robert Space Industries fan site subform. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down, you can also use the contact form on our website. All of the details for the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes, but if you want to take your feedback that one stage further, next Friday we're having a call-in show. So if you have an opinion and you want to come and chat to us about it, about anything, the week's developments, your hopes and dreams for CitizenCon, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. We'll have details on there on how you can join us on TeamSpeak on Friday, October the 2nd at 10pm Central. That's Saturday 4 am gmt do you like what we do you want to come help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever if so just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com and don't forget about our sister production priority one that covers star trek online and the greater star trek universe head on over to priorityonepodcast.com to check them out and uh i guest hosted over there this week so it's a pretty good show you should check it out are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Well, check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash guardfreak. 
And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com slash live. Normally we start recording around 11pm Central, that's Saturdays at 5am GNT, but this Friday is a call-in show, so it's an hour earlier, 10pm Central, Saturday 4am GMT. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Our thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artists, Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards, our staff writer, Jeff Grant, and our audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Crypto, crypto, crypto is just Tony. There's still Mega Mind in the show notes, and I just almost read it. Tony. I almost did it. I put that in there weeks ago. Weeks ago. Oh, my. Oh, my. Jeff, do you need a moment? I mean, do you need a moment? Yeah. Yeah, please. Give me a moment, please. You need a moment alone? <laughs> and have the board hire a new corporation management team based on its elevation of the audited financials evaluation ah see i can't get that word do you have your broadcast glasses yes, on they're right on my know. nose <laughs> maybe you should try taking off the eye patch from both eyes Pete. That might help. <laughs> aye that's what it was okay <clears throat> and then have the board hire a new corporation management <laughs> God damn. Winga manga. Winga manga. Again, we still don't know when the cell will be in us, but apparently we do now because somebody changed the copy up above and didn't change it below. Ah, I didn't change the <laughs> Um Again, this will be available for sale starting Tuesday when this show is released. So if this is a ship you want to check out, be sure to keep one eye off. Oh, it. let's just try that again beep, um, beep. hello yay. all right so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go back and say and ben lets us know that there will be a lot more pods available so yeah but hey but everything touches everything else which you know there's probably a lawsuit about that somewhere <laughs> or criminal charges depending, yeah you know yeah 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 okay yeah Maybe things shouldn't be separated if they're meant to be together. Maybe that's what it oh, is. Oh, that's that's very like I was gonna say that's that's touching, but I didn't mean it. <laughs> you don't want to say it's touching because <laughs> that would be bad. Okay. <laughs> do 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 do. I'm going to Jeopardy this week. Do 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 because I'm such a good singer. Do 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 do. Everybody do do. Come on, Jeff. Hey. Oh, he's done. Never mind. We can stop. It would be great as a mobile base of operation for for the. It would be great as a mo. And that brings us to the end of episode ninety-one of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode ninety-one. Hold up. Hold the phone. Let's do that again.
I can only presume the copywriter was drunk at the time of writing this. It wasn't me. Maybe things shouldn't be separated if they're meant to be together.